Hello, and thank you for coming back to Patient World. Today, we're blessed to have a special guest, Dr. Lucinda Sykes. Welcome to the show. Thank you for welcoming to the show, and I'm very glad to be here. Oh, I'm certainly glad that you came. Can we get started with some information about you? Introduce yourself and tell us all about you. Yes, yes. Well, I am a retired Canadian physician. Uh, for the last 25 years, I have taught medical programs of mindfulness. And before that, my uh, work I worked for many years in family medicine and in family medicine-based psychotherapy. But then I discovered the real value of mindfulness for such a wide range of medical conditions that, gosh, I established a clinic in Toronto. We are called Meditation for Health, and we were very happily teaching programs until COVID hit, of course, and then we had to stop all in-person teaching. But uh, I'm rather a resilient soul, and I was able now to, to kind of shift into a new a new way of work. And uh, my focus now is to help women over 50 uh, sleep more deeply. I'm interested in restorative sleep for women. That's been a, a long time interest of mine. I'm, I come from a family where the women had sleep problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, earlier in my career, I had sleep problems too. That was part of my motivation and learning so much about sleep science. And now these years of teaching mindfulness, I've had many, many patients with sleep problems. So I just, once I found that I could no longer teach in person, mm -hmm. I uh, very naturally have shifted to this interest. Great. Okay. I've had so many patients in my career who has sleep problems. Yes. Um, yes. That That's huge. And a lot of people, you know, they would want refills on their medications and, you know, besides the side effects and so forth, that could be problematic. So now you've taught us a little bit about yourself. Could you give us some information about the things that you teach and what you recommend? Well, gosh, you've already got me going, and I'm so glad to hear you speaking about the risks of sleeping medications. That, uh, that too, is close to my heart. My grandmother succumbed to Alzheimer's far too early in life, and uh, she took sleeping medications, so far as I know, all, all her adult years. And now the research is, is confirming, in fact, that our risk for uh, Alzheimer's and dementia is increased if we take sleeping pills. That's and isn't that, uh, it's disturbing to me that uh, we have research going back to 2012 mm -hmm. showing these very serious side effects to dependence on sleeping pills. And yet, nonetheless, they are being prescribed. And uh, I think that probably most patients do not know that they are risky. And as well, I the sleep completely. scientists tell, tell us that we, they do not induce natural sleep. Mm -hmm. So it's true that you're not awake. But you, your brain is not in a natural sleeping state, and hence we have the the problems down the road with the brain, the Alzheimer's and other dementias. And further, we know now that sleeping pills are related to, gosh, I hate to say it, but an increased risk of mortality, uh, an increased risk of uh, infections and some forms of cancer, and further, an increased risk of uh, accidents. Oh, so wow. there's not a lot 
good to be said about sleeping pills, except, and I think a responsible physician would agree with me, they're so useful when our patient is just, you know, maybe they've suffered a bereavement or mm -hmm. a, a romantic problem, or uh, they've lost their job, and they just can't sleep. Well, gosh, a week or two of sleeping medications Short can- Short term is really, completely really, different from several years. Yes, you've got it exactly. And uh, the regulatory bodies, both in North American medicine and into Europe too, they all inform and even uh, offer guidelines that mm -hmm. sleeping medications should not be used for longer than mm, three weeks, maybe four weeks maximum. But again and again, um, patients and their doctors, for whatever reason, are disregarding that. And I, because of my grandmother, I, at this stage in my career, I really want to get the word out about the risks involved. And those are profound risks. And most people are completely unaware. Most doctors, I think, yes. are unaware. I didn't know about the, the association with Alzheimer's disease. This is very significant. And I was a primary care doctor for a long time. And then I became a hospital-based physician. And between the decades that I was in an office or the hospital, I could not begin to tell you how many patients I had who came in uh, on a variety of sleep medications. Yes, yes, I'm astonished too. And uh, uh, if we had the time, uh, I could show you research study after research study, very credible work mm -hmm. confirming what I've just, uh, what I've detailed for you. And part of the problem is, understandably, that uh, when we take a sleeping medication, we do tend to fall asleep more rapidly. Although some of the research says we only get an extra 10 or 20 minutes of sleep. But nonetheless, we fall asleep more rapidly. Mm -hmm. And we think that we, when we wake up in the morning, that we had a night's sleep. But in actual fact, when we look at brainwave patterns and other studies of our sleeping state, uh, it's not the same as a natural sleeping state. And uh, we don't realize that. Although many, many people, when they do uh, uh, use sleeping medications in the morning, they notice a kind of grogginess or a hangover feeling. And there can be other changes too that they notice even throughout the day as a consequence of having been, shall we say, intoxicated with the sleeping pill. Uh -huh. It's not that we've had an, a natural uh, night of sleep. Okay. And there are so many different types of sleeping pills out there. Some are over the counter and yes. some are prescription strength. And um, so even if people don't see their doctors, uh, they may still be on long-term sleeping aids. Yes, yes, the antihistamine-based sleep aids and a few other types that we can purchase without uh, requiring a prescription. And they have their risks as well. And even now in Canada, cannabinoid medications are uh, legal. And they too are, uh, they are all of them changing the chemistry of the brain mm -hmm. rather than inviting the brain to enter sleep. And this is ideally what we want is we want to care for ourselves in such a way that uh, we encourage the body to enter natural sleep every night mm -hmm. because the body does know how to sleep, mm -hmm. but there's often a, an imbalance or a lifestyle factor that is interfering with that. So ideally, uh, we want to, um, to address that.
Certainly. So what would, would you say would be the first step for somebody who's been used to taking sleep aids? For a yes. Well, the first is to talk to your doctor, because uh, especially if you have been taking uh, sleep aids, sleep medications for a period, you wouldn't want to just stop like that, mm -hmm. because you will have developed a kind of tolerance to the medication, and there will be a withdrawal. Heck, if you've been taking them for a while, you stop now, you'll probably find that your problems with sleep will increase because the brain has rebalanced itself in the presence of the sleeping medication, and now you're no longer taking it. And the poor brain is a little bit out of balance, and it's going to take some days, even a few weeks to return to its natural state. So if you uh, speak with your doctor, the doctor will, in some cases, wean you off of the sleeping medication. And ideally, your doctor will also discuss with you ways to uh, intervene and to help yourself sleep without needing a chemical to do so. So what have you found? Uh, what are the top things that you think are associated with uh, insomnia in oh. over 50 what a fabulous question. You see, that's why I just love now to be focused entirely on this matter. Uh, first off, sleep is not just the absence of being awake. It's a very complicated uh, dynamic process in the brain. Uh, in a typical night's sleep, there's a, a series of events that happen in the brain. I, I imagine it rather like an orchestral performance. Mm -hmm. the, the brain waves are changing through the night and even the uh, characteristic brain cells, the astroglial cells are expanding and contracting, allowing the brain to flush itself clean with the cerebral spinal fluid. This is all very mainstream understanding now. So it's a complex process. And as it is in complex processes, there's many different factors can interfere. Uh, as uh, mature people, we're often dealing with, without realizing it, we're dealing with medications that have as their side effect sleep problems. So that's sometimes overlooked. So I put that right at the outset. The average person over 65 is taking uh, five medications. And even if you're just taking one or two, check the little uh, the package in which your medication comes and uh, notice, is it possible that sleep problems are a side effect of your medication. So that's the classic, you take a pill to fix another pill. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. I am not opposed to pills. Goodness sakes, I'd be a fool to do so. But uh, it's taking them when it's appropriate and avoiding them when it is not. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how much do you think stress Yes. Plays versus for somebody over 50, let's say versus somebody under 50. What what role do you think stress has? Well, uh, stress is. Um, well, the sleep scientists tell us that uh, stress, they call it hyperarousal, but it's a physiological. What they mean by hyperarousal is the physiological state of stress. Mm -hmm. They say that that will. Almost always be present in situations of chronic insomnia. On the other hand, maybe we've just had a little dietary upset or disappointment at work, something of that nature. We have a few nights bad sleep 
And it's not so much stress, but other factors are involved. But if we have a chronic habit of sleep problems, it's very likely that without realizing it, perhaps we're living with a chronic stress state. This can be a low-grade stress state. In fact, we may have been living with a stress state for some years, but as we mature in life, we can become more sensitive to the stress state. And as well, there can be other factors that kind of contribute to making it go over the top. Uh, a good way to start with your sleep problem is to go to basics. And the sleep ties are very keen to tell us about it. You will find advice for um, what... Uh, doctors call sleep hygiene, you will find that advice in many popular sources. Um, for example, I have a PDF, Happy Sleep Secrets, in which I list some of the very basic advice that you do find uh, given to us by uh, the science and psychology of sleep. For example, it's valuable to go to sleep or go to bed at the same time and awaken at the same time. Sleep likes regularity. It likes to begin at the same time in the day and it likes to conclude at the same time in the day. This is rough, of course. But if you have the habit of staying up late some nights and then other nights you're going to bed early, uh, the, the biological clock is getting confused. It doesn't quite know how to function. So regularity is valuable, and this regularity extends into other life factors too. For example, your sleep likes periods of light during the day, and not just sort of switch on a, a light in the house. Mm -hmm. Your sleep will like you to go out into daylight, even bright daylight for, oh, the sleep scientists say maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And it's best if you do it uh, at the same time every day. This also begins to um, uh, support your, your sleep clock, your circadian clock, being exposed to light at the same time each day. And as well, uh, you want to have a period of activity, uh, preferably more or less the same time every day. Now, this does not mean you need to get into your fancy attire and go jogging or go to the gym, mm -hmm. but it may be that you have the habit of a, a walk each day or uh, something of that nature. You want the body to, to move, to, uh, um, shall we say, express itself mm -hmm. in some way, in some way. And it's, um, again, if you can do that each day, that sets in, um, uh, sets this rhythm of regularity that helps the sleep to entrain as well. Wow, that's a lot of very valuable information. Yes, and it's lifestyle, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And if we pay attention, gosh, we want to go out and get a little sunshine and we want to go out and be active. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we make our bedtime a time for calm and reflection, we, we like that too. Absolutely. And in the morning, if you haven't had a good night's sleep, Still, get up at your regular time. Don't lie in bed hoping to sleep more. Mm -hmm. Get up at your regular time. Live your life during the day. And the odds are much better than that you will have accumulated some, the scientists call it sleep pressure, and you'll be sleeping better the next night. 
by contrast, if you haven't had a good night's sleep, you awaken in the morning and you kind of lie there for an hour or two thinking about, gosh, what's wrong with my sleep? Mm -hmm. uh, you are lessening the sleep pressure because you're not being active. And so you will not have uh, enough sleep pressure for the uh, subsequent night. Get up, go into life, accumulate the sleep pressure, and you're more likely to sleep the next night. Right. This is all great information. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience today? Uh, well, just on the theme of light as well, your, your body, the circadian clock, is exquisitely sensitive to light. We are at heart, at base, we are animals, we are creatures, and we are creatures very sensitive to light. Uh, in the, uh, towards the later part of the day, uh, before there were electric lights and so on, uh, the light tends to get uh, a little bit reddish, yellowish. Think of a sunset, for example. And the blue light is energizing. So naturally, the blue light lessens as the day proceeds into evening. It's, but we human beings now we're watching screens of various sorts, including your mobile phone or that television. Mm. And this blue light is stimulating. It is, this is a physiological truth that blue light will lessen the release of the uh, sleep hormone. The melatonin is suppressed if we are gazing at blue light. So we're much encouraged at the end of the day to click off all these screens, or some, some people like to use um, uh, special glasses, which will shield their eyes from the, uh, from the blue light. That's awesome, because we are a generation that deals with screen time. Whether yes. it's uh, the TV, the cell phone, the computer. Oh, an interesting study I read just a couple of days ago, uh, a, a small study, but I, I believe well executed. Uh, they found that individuals who were reading on e-readers for an mm -hmm. hour before bed had sleep, which was different from the sleep of, re of those who were reading a book. Mm -hmm. Because again, the e-reader is giving them that blue light. And so even though they were falling asleep, like the others who were reading the book, their sleep was not as deep. It's fascinating. Who would know? Who would know? So it's, I just like to pass this information on. If you have to choose between an e-reader mm -hmm. and a book, choose the book at bedtime. Well, one may think that that's a minor thing. If you think of the cumulative effects over time, yes, the things that happen to you if you don't get good sleep yes much more than a minor issue so everything that you can do to get adequate rest is definitely worthwhile so, i agree and we want to care for ourselves day by day absolutely. we care for our beloved creatures our pets our dogs and our cats we care for them we care for ourselves mm -hmm. consciously day after day mm -hmm. So how can the viewers reach you if they want to learn more about what you do? Oh, oh bless me. Uh, again, I mentioned my, uh, I call it a pamphlet, uh, a PDF pamphlet, mm -hmm. Happy Sleep Secrets. Uh, the subtitle is Seven Ways That Pleasure and Beauty Help Women Sleep After 50. And it's based on the science 
uh, of, uh, of sleep, some of that sleep hygiene advice I was giving you earlier. That's free for download. Uh, just go to lucindagift.com. So that's my first name, lucindagift.com, uh, and uh, it will be there for you to uh, download, and that will sign you up to my, uh, uh, to my email list. And you'll come into the Joyful After 50 email list, and we'll send you emails. And uh, that would be a way to come into my world. I'm also available, of course, by email. I, I like to, uh, to meet people. And that's, uh, uh, you can uh, check that out at my website, lucindasykesmd.com. You go to lucindasykesmd.com. And there's a, even a, a form there that you can uh, let me know uh, that you're interested to know more. Right. And I'm going to put this information at the end of the video and also in the description as well. Yes. Yes. I really wish the audience well with their sleep. It's so important, especially for the second half of life. Yes. We have so many challenges uh, at that time in life. So everything that we can do to minimize those things and also but you, the information that you gave about the link with Alzheimer's disease, that is profound. Oh, that isn't is that disturbing, incredible. Anne? It's so Very disturbing. So. People really do need to know that. Yes. And we know now that just lack of sleep more broadly undermines mental health. So it's a very serious uh, area. I'm so glad to be able to speak with you today and pass the word. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came on. Thank you so very much. And you have a blessed day. Thank you. And to Bye -bye. your audience as well. Thank you. Bye -bye.